Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom, where we will explore the pillars of faith, family, fitness, and freedom with guests from all different backgrounds. And each episode will uncover valuable insights and wisdom that will inspire you to strengthen your faith, deepen your family bonds, optimize your fitness journey, and embrace the freedom to live on your terms. The John Gardena Classroom is not just a podcast, it's a space for growth, reflection, and empowerment. To help reach more people who need these powerful testimonies and messages, we need your help to spread them far and wide. If you find value in what you hear today, please take a moment to share this episode on your social media platform. Your support can make a significant difference and impact in touching the lives of others seeking guidance on their journey. Also, please leave a five-star rating on the platform that you are listening on, as this helps the algorithms to help this show get out to more people. On a special note, if you have land that you'd like to donate to my future deliverance camps, please check the show notes for details on how to connect with me via email. Your generosity can play a critical role in building a better future for those in need of love and support. Lastly, here's some exciting news. I've recently finished a new book titled Molding Minds with my good friend Ryan Eubank. This book is a guide to forging your greatest path in life by embracing adversity as your greatest asset. You can get your copy today by simply clicking on the link in the show notes. Let's learn together how challenges can be transformed into stepping stones toward living out your mission in life. Thank you for joining us on this adventure, and let's dive into this episode and explore the endless possibilities that await us on the path to a purposeful life. Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. I have a very special guest today, Wayne McDaniel. He is a new author of a children's book called Children of the Great Light, a trilogy for young kids to help teach them healthy spiritual concepts. He also is a father, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Generous Vision, which is an organization to develop philanthropic visions, converting tax dollars to personal and philanthropic wealth, and increasing impact by creating enduring legacies. Mr. Wayne, it's so great to have you on today. Thank you, John. It's good to be here. Just so you know, uh, Bruce Wayne is one of my favorite characters of comics. So you're the first person I've ever had with the name Wayne. It's a, it's a great uh, symbolism of, of hope. And I know that's what you're going to talk to us today about, of, <laughs> of hope and the light and the truth. So um, we're going to get started with just five simple questions. So um, these are a great way to just get to know you a little bit better. So they're very easy. So playing off my favorite superhero, what would be your superpower of choice if you could choose one? Hmm. I think my superpower is probably thinking creatively and outside the box. Um, I can usually connect the dots pretty easily and kind of see creative solutions to problems or issues or come up with new ideas. Something that's great. You and I are in alignment on that for sure. I'm I'm very <laughs> similar in that way of being creative. So you get a check mark there and be in right. the classroom already. Here here we go. This is a fun one. What is your favorite book? 
Huh, my favorite book. I think it would be The Roots of Christian Mysticism by Oliver. Oh, I can't remember his last name right now. He's a uh, he's, he's died now, but he's a he was an Eastern Orthodox theologian and priest, and it's just a very very thought thoughtful and and deep book. Oh wow! I'll have to read that one. Sounds like right up my alley as well. All right, you're two for two. Okay. Not that there's a wrong answer here. All right, but you're doing great. <laughs> so this one you're going to have to go in the memory bank. Who was your favorite teacher growing up? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> um, and I can't even remember most of my teachers' names. Uh, That's okay. Or grade level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I remember How about that? a coach. Uh, well, I, I had a coach. I ran cross country uh, in junior high and high school, and um, had a really great coach. He was very encouraging and and um, helped me to push myself and um, and do better than I thought I could do. So maybe that would be him. My well, coach. That's great. Well, I coach cross country for the first time this year. Uh, I oh, am an ultra wow. runner. So another check plus for you, Wayne, you're knocking out of the park right now. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> and this one's really kind of just playful. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh, wow. Um, I've been to a number of places, but places I haven't been, I'd love to go to Norway just because it is so, so scenic, you know, and, and just like a beautiful country. Love to go to New Zealand. I like the mountains. I'd like to go to uh, uh, Nepal or Tibet, and, you know, to the Himalayans there. So I guess <laughs> pick any one of those and, and I'll go. That's no, I, I love all those answers and I'll be right there with you carrying that backpack together at going through many adventures of seeing God's great earth. So leading into our final question for this quiz to get to know you, what do you want to hear from God when you meet him in heaven? Hmm. I guess well done, good and faithful servant. As would I. That's uh that's probably the best phrase that we could all hear from God when we when we perish of the flesh. So Wayne, you did an excellent job. You passed the exam to enter into the classroom now. So to get started. What a relief. Yeah, you did you did great. You did great. So proud of you. So to get started, um just tell us a little bit about where you grew up, um kind of your belief system, family values mm -hmm. of, of how you were raised and kind of what, uh, what that looked like just to paint a picture for us today. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up in the St. Louis area in the County and, um, uh, both my parents were a teacher. My father was, was a uh, university professor and, um, uh, and as far as, uh, faith go goes, we, uh, went to a Presbyterian church and somewhere in my teenage years, I um, actually, I, I, I guess we were a little bit conservative in this Presbyterian church because I didn't think Catholics could be Christians. And 
<laughs> and then I, I met a, a guy who is a Catholic charismatic and it was just kind of like threw me for a loop. What is this? You know, <laughs> and, and he uh, seemed to uh, know God and he invited me to a prayer meeting. Anyhow, long story short, he, um, uh, you know, they were charismatic, so they spoke in tongues and, and, um, and they prayed for me and, and it really began a growth in my spiritual life. I, um, later, uh, uh, after I graduated from high school, went to Oral Roberts University. And so was deeply, uh, invested in my, uh, spiritual growth there with, with Christ. I met my wife. Um, graduated and got married and moved out to Lawrence, Kansas, where I live now. And um, we uh, uh, have uh, we've got two kids and uh, have been involved in um, a couple of churches during our entire married life. And um, <sighs> I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going here with this, but yeah, no, no, you're you're doing good. So okay. I, think I'm gonna. I always like to go back in history a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when you were in high school and college, um, it's so funny because I am Catholic, and I, I love that you said that <laughs> about. <laughs> I didn't know Catholics could be Christian. Yeah, and actually, I, I know never... a lot of Christian Catholics. <laughs> There's a lot of Christian Catholics, um, you know, the one thing, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down this road, but you know, every denomination of Christianity, um, has very solid individuals, uh, who practice their faith and have a great relationship with God. And then you have other people who say they're faithful or, you know, part of their faith community and maybe really don't walk the walk in regards right. to how they should live, um, in the Christ-like manner. And I'll, I'll mm -hmm. say it there. So another similarity between you and I is that you met your wife in college and so did I. And what, what is your beautiful wife's name? Judy. Judy. All right. Mm -hmm. And what, what grade or age did you meet her? Uh, let's see. I was a sophomore and she was a senior. Oh, so I married older an older ladies, woman. Nice. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, you're a smart man. So did I. She's got me by five months and your wife has got you by two years. So yep. another, another win for both of us for being wise to know that. <laughs> and you have two wonderful children, uh, mm -hmm. two boys, boy and girl. Two... The older one's a girl and the younger one's a boy. Okay. And I have two grandchildren from the oldest one. <laughs> Nice. My daughter. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great, Wayne. So um, when you studied in college, what was your major? <laughs> Biology. But I never did anything with it. <laughs> that, my wife is a biology major. Um, man, I tell you what, there's a lot, there's so, I, this is so crazy when I love to interview people because you, you get to see how yoked you are with another person. Mm -hmm. Um and it's so great to, to just witness this today. So biology, but then I'm reading your bio and there's nothing to do with any sciences. It's all money, <laughs> creativity, and author. So let's paint the picture for all the listeners now, Wayne, of how this transformation occurred from when you graduated from college to going to unique roles that were not part of your focus when you were at, um, going to college. Well, when I was a, a biology major, before I 
graduated, I knew I didn't want to do anything in biology. I didn't want to go on and go to medical school because I, I don't even like to touch a, a chicken you buy in the store. You know, it's, it's too gross. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so uh, when I graduated from ORU, um, my wife and I moved out to Lawrence, Kansas, where I went to KU to get a, to, uh, get a degree in architecture which I never finished. Um, I went two semesters, at which point my wife said, you need to make a decision. Are you going to become an architect or you want to remain married to me? And so <laughs> it wasn't Smart really, woman. I like her. Yeah, it wasn't that hard of a decision. Um, I mean, I, I, I did enjoy it very much. So I um, uh, stopped doing that and started to look at, well, what am I going to do? At the time, my wife was selling life insurance and so I thought, well, I'll give that a shot. And so I started to sell life insurance, and it was with a company that also sold mutual funds and investments. So I got licensed for that, too. And then uh, over a few years, I uh, eventually became a certified financial planner, owned my own financial planning firm, um, and grew that till I retired from that about um, six, seven years ago. And um, uh, that was very good. I enjoyed financial planning. I, I sometimes called myself a financial architect uh, hmm. because I couldn't couldn't design and build houses and other buildings, but I could help people design their finances to reach their goals and objectives. And when I retired from that, I started another company called Generous Vision, whose purpose was to help individuals create a philanthropic vision of what what is the difference they would like to make in the world you know what is the impact they'd like to have um and help them design you know help them clarify what that vision is and then utilize financial strategies to help accomplish that and um, so, so that that's my professional no, career <laughs> no no that's great wayne and it was make it was making me think of just two questions yeah, one question for sure, and then one connection. The first question I have is, as someone who's listening to this right now in financial planning, what is your number one sound advice to help them to have prosperity in the long run? Avoid irresponsible debt and live within your means. And when I say irresponsible, don't, you know, you can borrow money for a house or a car, but try to avoid other debt. Pay off your credit cards on time if you use credit. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great advice. There's a sense of uh, one of my pillars of the show is freedom. And, and having mm -hmm. financial freedom allows you to you know, choose to do what you will, what your money for the long term or to tithe and to serve others and mm -hmm. to travel. There's a lot of reasons why it's so important to, to have that freedom and not be tied to a lender. So very sound advice, Wayne. Um, the next thing you said is your new company, you still own that company, mm -hmm. uh, the Vision Company, Clear Vision. Okay. So I have a friend who is an owner of a business and he wants to do exactly when he retires or, or sells the company. So what would you offer to someone who has that plan of wanting to give back, uh, be a you know philanthropist with their money? What would you advise them? Well, what I usually do with people is help them 
think through what it is that's important to them in terms of like, what is it that breaks your heart? You know, if there's something that really tugs at your heart, well, maybe that's the area you need to focus on or, um, uh, you know, where, where would you like to see that difference in the world? And so I think the first thing is clarify your, your vision and then mm-hmm. focus. Um, I, th- I think a lot of money given in one direction is better than the same amount of money spread over 20 different ministries or organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think uh, if I was, my, and my friend's name is Gerard, and I'm going to share this with him and and your information, because I think having someone who has experience, and everyone needs a vision, and not just financially, but how to leave a legacy. And so that's one of, part of my mission statement is to, to serve my family and my community and to leave a legacy. And I think it's very important for people to have a vision of what they're outcome in their life is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically what I what I hear you saying today is you're using those gifts and talents that you knew you had as being this architect, but instead of building houses uh, or commercial buildings, that you're helping design this structure um, for a vision for people in their life, whether it's for a, an individual, a family, or for someone who wants to, to serve at a high capacity and giving back. Mm-hmm. So have you been, it sounds like you've been really blessed in, in finding your niche in there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy helping people. And that's one way to help them where you're not just, you're helping them help others. And, and that's very satisfying. Yeah. So then you have this very unique strength, which is, similar to mine, like I said, of creativity. And then you write this book this year, The Children of the Great Light. So how did that even start or come about? Or what did, did God plant it on your heart to say, you know what, you need to write this book? When did that come about, Wayne? Well, I I have had several books in my head, and I've started to write a few of them over the years where I'll write articles. And, and they're always of a... Um, uh, of of a spiritual nature, okay, and one day, and it was actually a couple of years ago, I was driving home from St. Louis. My my family lives in St. Louis. I live in Lawrence, Kansas. So mm-hmm. I was going down I seventy, and I was just thinking about one of the books that I wanted to write, and um, and it's for adults. And and I was thinking I could write this book. But how will I ever get shelf space? I mean, I was a financial planner during my primary years in life as a career, and I don't have any, um, you know, theological degrees or <laughs> any credentials. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, so I was just kind of wondering about that. And and then, you know, your mind wanders on. I started to think about my grandkids who are ages uh, two and four right now. And, uh, just thinking about them. And then those two ideas connected and I thought, Oh, well, maybe I could write a children's book. And in particular, Mm. um, one of the, uh, something that's kind of, uh, close to my heart is, um, young people who leave the faith, you know, the, 
deconstruct their faith. That's a popular term these days. Um, and, uh, and they're not going to church anymore. And, you know, how do you reach them? And so I was thinking about young parents who now they have kids and, you know, they, they feel like, well, maybe I ought to teach my kids something about God, but I don't even know what I believe anymore, <laughs> you know? And so, so I got this idea of writing a book oriented towards the kids, but the message is equally applicable to the parents and writing it in a way that avoids religious language and dogma and, and things that they may, you know, be shunning right now or are not interested in or don't believe. Um, but uh, uh, so so that's where the idea came about. And so I'm driving along on I-70 as I'm thinking about this. And, and it's like the whole uh, the book came to me in my head <laughs> and and actually it was uh the book consists of three stories it's a trilogy and so the first one came yeah. to me and and i basically wrote the whole book in my head as i'm driving down the highway and um hoping i'll remember it when i get to some place where i can write it down or type it out and but i yeah. knew even before i was done writing it that this seems to be a trilogy, three stories. Um, and originally I was thinking three books. Later on, I decided to put them in one book. Um, so uh, so that's where the first story came from. And and then I um, was uh, – so I, when I got home, I wrote it down. And I didn't know what the second story or the third story was going to be. And I don't know, it was two or three weeks later, and I'm driving down the highway again someplace and thinking about it, and the second story <laughs> comes to fruition in my mind. And I basically write that whole second story in my head before I arrive to my destination and can type it out. But I still didn't know what the third story was going to be. And three or four weeks later, I'm again driving <laughs> someplace. Mm. And the third story comes to me, which I write down once I get an opportunity. And so there I have my three stories. And and I thought what I also need to do with each one is at the end of the story, write some notes for the reader. So that's where while the while the stories use no religious language or anything like that it, it uses light as a metaphor for god which of course is very much in the bible and um and then the notes for the readers though there i give them scriptures to affirm the things that i just wrote about so that if they still if they do have a church background you know that kind of well okay i i maybe i never saw that in the bible before <laughs> or or if they're not a christian or never went to church it's like Oh, I didn't know this stuff was in the Bible. Uh, so, so that's how it all kind of so, came. Yeah, go ahead. So that was your, I call it a spiritual download while you're driving, mm -hmm. and yeah, the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. So I drive a lot each day to work and back, and I, I tell you what, it sometimes it's a blessing to have time to just think and, and mm -hmm. gather your thoughts and use your creativity 
alongside with having the Holy Spirit just really press upon your heart of something that, again, using your creativity and using an angle where it's just not a book of theology or scripture, it was the angle of common language. And we, you said the word light, which is very synonymous with God and, and truth and joy and peace. And using the end piece of the scripture at the end of each trilogy, is that correct? You said that? Right. So give they, them a, so, a few scriptures. So then there's context for the reader or the child, you know, or adult in the family so they could reference the truth in the Bible. So I think that's very, I've never seen that. Um, there is a book called Jesus Calling. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. <laughs> and she's, I mean, very well known. Um, I right. mean, millions of copies sold across the world. But the point was, it's written in this almost language of just commonality and then there's scripture at the end. And I think it allows the reader to just feel comfortable that it's not a, a sect of Christianity, like preaching. Uh, it sounds to me, Wayne, that you were, the Holy Spirit guided you to do it in a, a way where maybe people didn't feel comfortable of saying, you know, what church should I go to? Or I left the church and now I'm raising children and I have an opportunity to either share my faith, which I maybe abandoned in the past, mm -hmm. or it's almost in, in my head, the Holy Spirit just pressed upon me, like you're rekindling their spirit through this book and, and sharing this joy to their children. And I pray and I hope, and I'm sure this is your mission too of writing it, is that people come back to the relationship with God. Um, I could be wrong in saying that, but yeah, is, no, is exactly. that accurate? Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's a message the children need to hear and understand, but really it's for the parents. Let, let me just – so like so your mm -hmm. audience can see this is what the book looks like. And um, – so the three stories, if I could just go into them just a little bit. No, I would love to. Yeah, love love to go into it. Yes, please. Yeah, so the first one is called Beginnings. And and it talks about how in the beginning was the light and um and then it it um like in the light was love, but it had so much love it couldn't contain it within itself and so it exploded and created the stars and the galaxies and the trees and the plants you know it kind of you know i i i sidestep creation and evolution debate the way i've written it if you believe in evolution well this fits right in if you believe in creation as described in genesis this fits right in and so and if you don't know what you believe then you don't really care <laughs> it fits right in <laughs> And so the message in the first story is that that the light created everybody, and we're all children of the light, and we're loved by the light. And so that kind of gives context, you know, kind of identity, mm -hmm. who you are. And then the second story is called, um, I have to look at it, Light of the World, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, you're the light of the world. And and we always think of Jesus as being the light of the world, which is true, but we're also the light of the world. And in this story, it talks about uh, how do we let our light shine? You know, that we've each been given gifts. 
and and the story goes into a few children and their gifts they have and and then it kind of takes a turn that there's this one little child that he's selfish i'm not going to share my gifts with anybody and hmm. and and how his light becomes dimmer and dimmer until you can barely see it and then there's this kind old light that comes over and befriends him and starts to share so so the child whose light became dim he forgot his identity and he thought his name was ugly and in the old kind old light began to share with him his true identity who he really was and and at first you know the the kid was resistant to that but then he began to believe it and then his light came back and he shined i mean it's, 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 I, that's maybe my favorite story of the three because um, yeah, it's kind of a great. story of redemption in there. Um, well, I like to add just because <laughs> in my years of work as a special ed behavior specialist with students is I feel like what I've witnessed in my career is that kids really don't have that sense of light from others. So then it's almost like they're sheltered or blocked from it, which is that love. So then they go through life, um, through their school years that I've been with them and they don't know how to showcase whether it's their gifts or reciprocate love. And we all know that God is love. And he, he brought his son to show us that too, and being the word in flesh. But I think what happens is the, the belief system or the environment in which people are in um, really is like that bushel over the light, right? And our mm -hmm. job and what you did so wonderfully is you're taking that bushel off them so that God can enter through your book, through these stories and mm -hmm. say, you know what? It's your time to shine. And God made you for a purpose. And that's why I love so much, Wayne, of how you crafted this book. And I'm excited to hear the last part of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. So the third story is called Always With You. And it's about this girl who's playing in the playground with some other kids. And she kicks a ball into the woods and then gets distracted by a butterfly and goes chasing it all through the woods and gets lost. And, um, and, and so lost that she, it's getting dark and she has to lay down and, and go to sleep. And while she's sleeping, she has a dream in which the light appears to her and says, I will never leave you. That's and so, <laughs> yeah. And then she wakes up and she hears her parents mm. calling for her, you know? And so, yeah, uh, I, I wanted to say in, in the Bible, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right. Um, and it's one of, it's one of those such great passages to, to let you know that, that God loves you. And that even though you may feel that you have no purpose or you do not feel connected or you're going through a great tri trial or tribulation, that God is always with you for he mm -hmm. made you and breathed life into you and he wants what's best for you. And I think that's the one thing that I've, I've learned Wayne too, is when we offer people hope and we show them love by imitating Christ through our lives, then they have an opportunity to see the light. And mm -hmm. again, I, I really, really appreciate 
what you have done and what you are going to do further. And it sounds like you're, this is not your only book that you're going to write that <laughs> God has ordained you to, to do. <laughs> well, I, I would say this to you is that, you know, there, use your gifts and continue to let the Holy Spirit work through you. Uh, you are very creative. Uh, the book looks beautifully done. Um, I'm going to actually purchase it after our interview, and I should have done it before, and I apologize. Uh, I was just in the last month of getting my book published and, and getting it all ready. So uh, no excuses. I take full responsibility. Um, but I really, really enjoy how you crafted this book through the car and then actually went through the process. So to to land the plane here before talking maybe about like your next adventure of, of this, um, what was the hardest part about, well, first being your first book, but then just laying it all out and talking to people or, or getting resources to make this come to fruition. What did you, what did you do through that process? Um, well, first I had to find an illustrator and it took a little bit of time. I kind of, I, I, I got serious about, uh, I tried one and then I didn't like her style a little bit. And I was talking to another one that I liked her style, but she's wanted way too much money. And, um, <laughs> and, and I also, I, I wanted somebody who resonated with the story, you know, that, that believed in it. And, and through a Facebook group, I actually found an illustrator down in um, uh, Mexico City. And, wow. and she did a great job. I, I, I loved her work from the very beginning and, and she was great to work with. Uh, her na name was Iceland Gry. Um, and so, so that was, that actually took the longest to find an illustrator. Um, and then I had to decide, well, how am I going to publish this? Am I going to self publish mm -hmm. or whatever? And I have a friend um, here in Lawrence that has written a, uh, a few books. And so I asked him. Paul Gray. Is Paul, this Gray? Paul Gray. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh -huh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had Paul on my show. God, God rest his soul. And I'm, uh -huh. I wish I would have met him in person, but Paul is, was such a wonderful man when I, when I talked to him and it all about grace and how forgiveness and boy, I, I have his books and I could speak volumes I can just speak forever about how what a gracious man he was. So go ahead. You had the connection with Paul. Yeah. So he told me about Dominique, who I got in touch with then, and and Dominique just kind of took me by the hand and walked me through it and helped me get it done. Yeah, Mr. Motivation Champ, Dominique uh -huh. Maskey, my boy. So yes, he, your publisher, my publisher as well. He is. If anyone plans on writing a book. You need to connect with Dominic. He is a wonderful, positive, inspirational man who mm -hmm. will get the job done. Um, and for those of you who are worried about price, it's very affordable. And I think, uh, you know, if that's on your heart to write, it's connection. So like you said, you met this lady in Mexico City, talked to Paul Gray, and then you got connected with Dominic. And, and how long was that process for you, Wayne? Well... Two years, um, but I had a, a lot of other things going on during all that time. So I, I could have made it much faster, but I s slowed it down by everything else in my life. And that happens. You know, I think yeah. the, the one thing I've learned too, and very similar to you is like, you wanted to get, you want to get it right being your first book, 
and you have to have the right pieces in, in place and it's call your team, just like working mm -hmm. together in an organization. So once you set yeah. up your team, um, you brainstorm and, and lay it out just like you are an architect, you laid out the book. So, so wonderfully made and then working with Dominic for the formatting and all that stuff. So, man, I'm so happy for you. And what, um, what's any, have you had any great stories from anyone who went reading it, have sent you messages about how it's impacted their life? Yeah. Um, like somebody that I know who runs a daycare, she bought it and she said, oh my gosh, this is the best. I don't know what term she religious or spiritual book or whatever about God that, that I've ever seen for the kids. <laughs> and so she had lots of glowing things. And so, and some other oh, people great. Have, have said that uh, they really liked how it was written and um, the messages. Yeah. Well, I think, and when was it, when was the date of publish? Was it in the fall? Or the it summer? was in, in September. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So it's been about five months or so. So here's something that I would recommend to you or anybody who has uh, published a book is continue to work it into your circle of contacts um, through whether email, text messaging. Uh, I have found that social media isn't, isn't the best for that. I actually found that a word of mouth through your circle that you've built up for many years is the best way to deliver uh, what you're so passionate about. And then it becomes a ripple effect where people attach to that because they value you and your character. And then you just have to keep going and be consistent with um, really sharing the book and how powerful it is. And make sure too, for you and other people is uh, to, to leave reviews on Amazon and mm -hmm. to just get the word out because that's how all the algorithm, algorithms work. So for you, uh, I really hope that this book continues to to grow and sell and impact people's lives. Uh, I also hope that you continue to write if that's your heart's desire, um, because I would love to have you on again after your next book and, and help you along the process if you would like as well, because I really do enjoy, just like Dominic does, of, of sharing people's stories and uh, aiding them along this journey of using their creativity and love for what they do. So, Wayne, you... That's great. I really am, am impressed by your breadth of work and, and the, the angle that you used to write this book as a, a small trilogy to impact those of faith or maybe lack thereof and to come back to the light, which is God. Yeah. Well, thank great, you very man. much. I, I need to mention one other thing. This is oriented towards children that are three to four years old. And so, you know, it's kind of the target children's age group. And, you know, it'd be great for of course, young parents to buy, but also like grandparents, you know, especially those who maybe their kids have kind of fallen away. And mm. so this would be a great non-confrontational, um, easy way to kind of well, influence them. <laughs> well, this past summer we had a garage sale and the people that really came because we had a lot of kids stuff. I have four kids and a lot of the people that were always there were grandparents and mm -hmm. they didn't want to buy new stuff for their grandchildren. So they would come to our, our garage, which was, we had a plethora of toys and mm -hmm. what you're saying, <laughs> and I'm relating that to you because I think that 
besides the three to four year old target audience of who would be reading it or read to. But I think maybe people your age or, or grandparents who you target and say, hey, listen, this is a great book for your children, but mm-hmm. for them to read it to their to their children. Um, right. So I really, man, I'm really impressed again, Wayne, of how the Lord put it on your heart to do this in such a crafty manner of not being too religious, but, but, uh-huh. but to still showcase the truth, which mm-hmm. is God is light and it, and it is good for what all he's made everything. And from that, that people should not dampen the lighter gifts they have inside of us. And one quote that I really love is, is don't die with your music in you mm. and offer love, offer love, offer joy and offer your gifts um, to others, because that's one of the greatest ways that we can actually honor God mm-hmm. is by he's the most creative being in the universe. So if we could be creative through our gifts and to serve others in what you did. So again, so masterfully is, is such a great way to honor him. So I'm just so thankful that you did this. And I really hope that you continue to write because it seems like that's something you're very passionate about. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any uh, closing remarks, Wayne? Well, you can buy this on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, and there's a website for the book called childrenofthegreatlight.com. Great. Well, I will put all that in the show notes um, for this episode. And Wayne, I'm just so appreciative of you for what you are doing and all that you offer to serve and to to do the Lord's great work. So everybody, uh, Mr. Wayne McDaniel, thank you for your presence here today. And this class is dismissed. <laughs>